Hello, and welcome to this episode of Sticky Note Marketing. I am your host, Mary Zarnecki, and today I am thrilled to introduce you to Devo Tindall. She, he is the founder of Fusion Creative. He is an entrepreneur, a holistic branding strategist, and content creator who redefines brand narratives with innovation and authenticity. So if you have found branding boggling or content creation confusing, this is the episode for you because Devo mm. is going to be sharing his genius and expertise with all of us today. So welcome. Thank you for joining us here on the show. Hey, Mary. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, I know some folks may be familiar with you, others maybe not. So if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little bit of a background, tell us a little bit more about your journey, because I know you started out in corporate, but now you're an entrepreneur, business owner, holistic branding strategist. How did that evolution happen? It, it was just that. It was an evolution. I, I I didn't really have any guidance as a as a youth on anything than just sort of following the traditional path, which was go to school, go to college, get a degree, graduate, get married, have kids, buy a house, get two and a half dogs and a white picket fence, and you know retire when you're 65. And that was life. And I, I that was just sort of what I thought all there was to it. And so I followed that traditional path, just like most people do. And it wasn't, and I did that for 15 years. And I I just would like to preface, I have zero regret regrets from it because in the opportunity that I was afforded in that space, I was exposed to literally every aspect of running a, a company. And, and so I was able to sort of see all the different innuendos and the minutia of what goes on in running a business and learn from that. And I've t- I didn't know I was going to do that at the time, but now I've taken all those lessons and, and instilled them and distilled them into my own business practice. So it was it's not a glamorous story. It was just sort of, I worked for a Fortune 50 company straight out of college. I went for the almighty greenback instead of following a passion. And I had the opportunity to be a camp counselor that I was, it was a job I really wanted to do. And I was going to live in Maine. And they were going to, I was basically just going to help inner city kids. And it's this program where they take inner city kids and, and they teach them, you know, how to become, I I was going to become a mentor and run this camp for them. And they teach them sort of how to grow up with, you know, with not lacking all the opportunities that they were given. And it was something that I always wanted to do, but paid me like $15,000 a year. And I was like, there's no way I can survive on $15,000. So not having the sort of the foresight to sort of see where that could have taken me. I just was like, I'm just going to take a job that pays me more money. So that's what I did. I jumped into that. And I did that for 15 years until I realized that I was just wasting my life away and doing something that had no meaning to me. I, I, I really sort of bought into the whole dream of climbing the corporate ladder and the hustle and the titles and the, the game of it all. Like I bought into all of that, but it, it really just, I, I always felt unfulfilled. I just never, I wasn't doing the things that I was really meant to do on this planet. And so I actively started to make waves and figuring out how I could change the direction and the trajectory of my life. And it's so interesting. Cause I mean, I think it's tricky. Cause I mean, the favorite, the favorite phrase of so many graduation speakers is follow your passion. But at the same time, if you didn't do that, or if you don't do that, there's still things to learn. So I love hearing you say that, you know, you made a choice and based on that choice, maybe it wasn't the quote unquote right choice, or you could have made other choices, but you learned things, right? We learn things on the job. We learn things through these experiences. So. Yeah. I think a lot of people that say that speaking specifically to the graduation uh, lecturers, I think a lot of those people that are doing that, they are following their passion, but I would argue to till I'm blue in the face that most of them probably didn't do that initially. They, they had their own journey. And it's really easy to say that on the other side of success. It's like, 
you're sitting here on your yacht telling people and you're traveling the world and you're telling people, follow your dream, go get them, tiger. But yeah. what 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 the listeners of that of those speeches don't realize is that those people once were in the same position as well. And a few of them probably jumped into entrepreneurialism. But like if you look at some of the most successful people in in our modern world, almost all of them didn't really start their real trajectory of success until they finally realized the lessons they had to learn in order to be in that space. And truthfully speaking, all the things that I'm doing now, while I am following things that make me happy, I don't know that I would have been able to do this being the person that I was 20, 30 years ago. Like I, I, I hadn't, I hadn't learned the lessons that I needed to learn about myself. I hadn't had the spiritual and emotional growth that I needed in order to, to do the things that I'm doing. So, you know, everything's a journey and everybody comes about it in their own unique ways. I like, just because I'm doing it this way or did it that way, doesn't mean that's the right way for everyone else. So it's like pick and choose what works for you. And, and if you, if you have to do some bullshit before that, then all the power to it, like just figure it out at some point. Just all I would say is like, if you do have to do that pathway that I did, just realize that there's always something bigger out there that you might be intended to do and be self-aware enough to, to understand that there is, and there might be another opportunity for you somewhere. Right. Keep your eyes out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love the, what you highlighted just there about like, you have to find your own like unique path. You have to, you have to learn some things. It may not be pleasant while you're going through it, but when you look back on it, if there was a lesson there, if you, if you learn something, if you went through some kind of transformation, that's powerful. Cause I know what, one of the things that your zone of genius is, is helping people tell these authentic stories, really this, mm-hmm. this idea of like bringing this authenticity through in the stories they tell and the brands they show up as. So tell us a little bit more about that. So tell us a little bit about that authentic storytelling and branding. How are people doing it? Well, maybe some examples of, of folks that you've helped do that well versus what are people not doing so well when it comes to this? Well, I, I think that if you can just imagine for yourself and, and those who are listening to the show, think about the things that you love most in this world that are not of your own making, right? And whether it's the food that you eat, the restaurants that you visit, the theme parks that you go to, the shows that you like on television, the products that you consume, all the things. If you could sit there and make a short list of all the things that you love most about the stuff that you consume – or the stuff that you use, whether it's the gym that you go to, there's always some resonant factor that makes you be tied to that, right? And, and that resonant factor usually has some sort of a story around it in, in terms of what is it that, for example, you know, I, I'm, I'm an avid fitness enthusiast and, I, and I've tried a bunch of different gyms and a bunch of different in, in, in the city just to sort of find what is my, like, my, my happy place. And, and, it's always kind of come back to this one gym. The reason I like going there is because they're family oriented. I have family. They have the type of equipment that I'm looking for. They have, they, they kind of just let me do my own thing. I like to work out barefoot and like a couple of the gyms I go to people are like, dude, you can't be in here without your shoes on. I'm like, like, do you really think that this little shoe is going to make a difference if I drop a, a weight on my toe? It's like, just let me do my thing. And so anyway, what, what, what happened there is that there's an emotional connection that I made with this gym that allows me to sort of foster my own creativity or my own thing or my own genius or whatever that I want to do. And they don't mess with me. I could bring my kids there. And so anyhow, where I'm going with this is that every single piece of what we do, whether we're a business owner, we're an entrepreneur, or we work for a corporation, there's always some sort of a story being told. There's a narrative unfolding. And it's those narratives, it's those stories that sort of create these emotional connections with us and forces us to kind of go back to that and follow that and consume it again. Like whether a restaurant, like what's your favorite restaurant? What's the favorite? I'm asking, like, what's your favorite restaurant? 
Well, you know, I'm biased because we own a restaurant. <laughs> okay, well, let's, so it can't be your restaurant. I can't be mine. Let's say, I was actually just chatting with someone about going to Napa and they're going to go visit French Laundry, which is amazing, right? Okay, so what is it you love about French Laundry? It's it's the romance of it. You know, you've got like the culinary garden right outside. You walk in, it's, you know, Thomas Keller. It's, it's not just a meal. It's actually like artistry. It's entertainment. It's an experience, right? So if you were to ask five other people, most likely all five of them would say a similar story, but they would have a different resonant factor. Mm-hmm. So you you connected with with this place on some emotional level, the romanticization of it, the experience of it, the gardens, the flowers, the florals, like, and for me, it might be they have literally the best wine on the planet, or they have the best appetizers, or I just love the waterfall and how it sort of brings me back to a childhood because my grandmother always had this fountain in her backyard. Like, so you see where I'm going with this? Like, there's always a story to be told in every experience that we have. And so branding is that story that you tell your audience. How do you want to connect with the people that you want to buy your product, use your service, or just connect with? And, you know, it's your podcast. It's the type of people you bring onto your show. What type of guests do you think are going to come on your show and have a really cool conversation and share some thought seed or some inspiration or entertainment with your audience so that you can grow your show? And so everything we do is a brand. It's our personal message, our personal brand, and it's all centered around telling your story. I love that. And and so interesting, too, because people – we need to tell this multifaceted story is what I'm hearing is because there's, there are people who are going to pick up on different parts of it. Right. So I may pick up on the romance and the entertainment of it. Someone may pick up on the wine. Someone may pick up on something else. So what is, what does that look like? How do you make sure to include all of these different elements, but still stay true to yourself? Well, I, I want to rephrase that. So I think you need to tell your story and to borrow an overused term, authentically tell your story. And that doesn't necessarily mean that your story has to have all these different spider arm tentacles. It means you need to be very clear on what value you bring to the table because that's the type of audience that you want to connect with. So instead of looking at, hey, I want to connect with Mary because she's a romantic. I want to connect with Devo because he loves waterfalls. I want to connect with Gary because Gary likes bistro style food. Really focus on what you're good at because you're not trying to connect with everybody. If you're trying to connect with everybody, you're connecting with nobody because you're not developing that bond with a very specific type of person that you want to connect with, right? Mm -hmm. So this restaurant, if they're doing it properly, they're not concerned about specific large populations of people. They're looking for a very specific type of person that loves whatever it is that you get out of that or the type of people that go there, right? So. I would ask that you reframe that instead of trying to meet everybody else's needs, express what you're good at, what you're passionate about, and tell that story with people. And the right type of audience will find that. Does that make sense? And if if that attracts the right people, it will attract the right people. It's going to magnetize those people too. 100% 100% because those people become the disciples of your of your product. Those people become the disciples of your service. Like you're literally here on a on a podcast talking to how many ever people you have 5000 people listen to your show. So all 5000 of those people are going to hear this story you just told about this restaurant out in Napa and they're going to be like some of them are going to go on and google it and figure it out and they're going to be like shit, we're going to Napa next week. I'm going to check out this restaurant because Mary, I trust Mary. She tells good stories. She does has a good show. I'm probably going to go check that out. So you became a raving fan of of that product because of that emotional connection that that restaurant made with you. And that's how people, that's how you properly sell your service. Don't sell, tell a story, create an experience, give people a reason to get behind you. 
I love that. I love that. So I know that you do this for your clients. I know this, this is something that you, you help people kind of work through and walk through. Is there an example of one of the folks that you've worked with the businesses that maybe came to you with this challenge and, and tell us a little bit about how you worked through that? Yeah, I had a fantastic, I have, I've got a lot of cool stories. I'm, I'm blessed with some amazing clients. And, and I mean that genuinely, I, I don't really know, you know, my partner said to me the other day, it's amazing. I did this photo shoot last week for, and I don't do a lot of photography for like just normal, like regular photo shoots anymore, which is mm-hmm. sort of like where I began all of this little adventure of mine. But I do shoot on very special types of occasions for very special types of events. And I came home and I was like, I just literally photographed the coolest couple ever. And it was a seven-year anniversary and they had some photos that were butchered for their wedding. And they came to my website and they've been following me on Instagram and they just loved sort of my vibe and how I how I view the world and all that. And that's literally what he's like. He's like, your, your photos are amazing, but I really wanted to just sort of meet you because you sort of seem like a dude that I could be friends with. And I was like, bam, that's how it works. And so anyway, Melissa, my partner, she was like, you are so blessed with some amazing clients. Like every time you come home working with somebody, you talk about this. And 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 I started to reflect on that. And yeah, that was a, a, a boon to my ego. But more than anything else, it, it really made me realize that my message is very clear on the type of people that I want to attract into my environment. And it, it hasn't always been that way. Trust me, like, I've had some people that I really want to talk about, but over the last several years in my business, I've been very, very purposeful on who I want to do work with and the type of people that I work with. And so one client in particular, I photographed their wedding about 10 years ago, back, they flew a wedding in Turks and Caicos and she's, she's worked for the corporation for you know many years as I did. And she had this idea that she wanted to launch, but she just didn't really know how to launch it because she didn't have really have any business experience. So she reached out to me and was like, Hey, I think I need some photography and you know, I'm, I'm, I have this new business idea. And instead of just like re- responding, I, I had a conversation with her. We met up with her. I wanted to hear a little bit more about, because for me, in order to capture your your space or do your photography, I have to sort of know who you are and what it is you're about. Like, what can I tell about you through my camera so that I can tell your story instead of just like saying, say cheese and and that, and it's done and over with. So I met with her and, and, and in the conversation, it really became very crystal clear to me that she was looking for something more than photography. And so I told her a little bit about what my new brand looks like because she didn't really know what that was. And anyway, make a long story short, we, we've helped her from from beginning to the amplification, what we do is we help you crystallize your story, okay? So you may have a really great idea, and it just sort of sits here in your head ruminating. We draw that out, and then we conceptualize that for you, and then we strategize that for you, and then we create content for you, and then we amplify that for you. So that's what we do. And so all of that is enabling you to tell your story to a larger audience of people. So, and that can be done through a variety of channels. There is no one way, one size fits all. It's like we meet people where they are, uncover what they need, what they're trying to do. And then we take that and amplify that. So there's a lot of different stories that I could tell about her brand, but now she's a successful entrepreneur. She's blowing up the airwaves. She's her business revenue has exploded. She's loving life. She's not working in a corporate job in a cubicle anymore. And I mean, we were a large part of that. So yeah. That's amazing. I love that. And like you said, it's not, it's not just about taking some pretty pictures, right? It's let's, let's talk about the story first, right? What is the strategy? Where do you want to go? What are those goals? So I love, I love that. What, Mm -hmm. what would you say? I mean, if, I mean, I know we have entrepreneurs listening here, business owners, maybe some folks that are still in corporate that have that idea in their mind of something that they want to build. If you were going to speak, you know, directly to them, what would they, 
what would you recommend that they do as kind of that first step? If, if they're running a business now, how can they make sure that they're really effectively using, like you said, the right amplification channels? Because it's not just about, like you were saying, being everything to everyone. So I'm sorry, I heard two different things. Are they trying let's, to get out of are they trying to get out of their corporate job and they want to start a business or they've already started a business? Let's start with the the existing business owners first. Cause I'm okay. guessing the folks that haven't started yet, they we'll talk about them in a second. But let's talk about the folks that are listening right now that are like, all right, well, but I'm already doing this. Like I'm already out there and I've already tried to do social and I'm trying to do content, but how do they know it's working and how would you guide them to maybe take a look at what they're doing? Well, I mean, you can take a look at your data and see if your revenue for starters, if it's working or not working. Yeah. That's a fir- that's a first step. But more importantly, I would say let let's be very crystal clear on what value I'm bringing to the world in my business. Why did I start this business in the first place? What change or what inspiration or what education or what entertainment value was I hoping to bring to the world with this genius idea that I have? And, and in that space... Am I clearly getting that message across to the right type of people? Am I clearly making a difference with everything that I envisioned I always wanted to do when I was making those paper napkin drawings in the restaurant or at my bedside or whatever it is? Am I actually fulfilling that? And and if the answer to that is no, then take a long, hard look at what it is that you're doing, how you can go about doing that, and how you can tell that story and solve someone's problem and make that problem solving repeatable for them. And that's different for everyone, but it really starts with a a hard introspective look at what it is that you want your business. You have this grand juicy idea that you started. Are you fulfilling in every way, shape, and form everything that you thought your your grand juicy idea was going to do? And if it's not, then you need to take a look at, hard look at, speak to a coach, hire some friends, like literally get your friends and family together and have them take a look at what you're currently doing. Am I really making an impact? Am I, am I changing people's lives? Am I inspiring people? All the different things that you set out to originally do and just have a hard look at that before you decide to just throw money into social media or throw money into paid advertising, because you have to be very strategic about what it is that you do. It's not, it's just like, it's like having a, getting in the car and saying, Hey, I'm just going to drive and hope that I find a good place to eat. Or I'm, I'm looking for something to do today. And that's fine. Like if that's part of your journey, but if you want to get to a destination, you have to be very, very clear on what those coordinates are. What do those coordinates look like to get me from a to B and then start filling out all of the little pieces in between so that you can ultimately get there. And don't think of it as like, this giant grandiose assignment or task that you'll never complete instead of trying to take instead of trying to get to A to Z overnight, what are the smaller chunkable pieces in between that journey that I can slowly start creating and accomplishing? And then before you know it, you're already halfway down the pathway. I love that. Yeah. But I mean, you, it's a, it's a fantastic point because if you just got in a car and said, Oh, well, I hope I get there, you know, no, no direction, no map, no roadmap. You may get there, but you may also get somewhere you don't necessarily want to be. So and there's something to say for that too, is by the way, like my daughters and I, we have this thing we do where we'll just get in the car at nighttime. We'll turn on the the, the radio, the uh, Spotify, and we'll just jam and we'll put the windows down, the sunroof off, and we'll just drive for like an hour aimlessly nowhere. And then we're like, okay, I guess it's time to go home. So like there's a, there's, there's a time and a place for aimlessness, but it probably is not the best strategy for your business. I would probably agree. But even that you're going into it with intention, right? There's intention Correct. that we're going to be aimless as opposed to, I think, what I'm hearing is that too many people are falling into that aimlessness unintentionally by accident. 
Yeah, that's a really good point, Mary. I think a lot of people, and I was, I was one of those people, I didn't really have a purpose. I didn't understand what, what I was doing. I was just sort of checking ticks off of a box, waking up. You know, there was an old school, I don't know how old you are, but there was a commercial a long time ago by Dunkin' Donuts. And it was like an older man and he had a beard and he was waking up in the morning and he was like, time to make the donuts. Remember that commercial? Oh, I remember was, that one, yeah. Yeah. And it was just, it always really struck me, great storytelling, by the way. It always really struck me on like the metaphor for that, for life in general. It was like every morning I was just like, God damn it, I got to go make the donuts again. And and I, and I loved, I, I like to preface again, as much as I learned in that business and the amazing people that I got to connect with and some not so amazing, I still was like uninspired. I had no purpose in what I was doing with my life. I was literally just waking up and making donuts every single morning. And so there was no North star. I had no rudder. I was just like doing it. And so in order for you to succeed, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to be very clear on what that purpose is, what it is that you want to accomplish and having a path and a strategy to get there. I love that. I think that's so important. I hear that a lot from one of the, one of the workshops I teach is all about effective mission statements as as opposed to the mission statements. A lot of people think about, you know, you walk into a big corporate office, you see this big, you know, statement on the wall that no one knows it's way too long and is filled with jargon. (laughs) So you know, I think having that, like you were saying, North Star, that what am I actually here to do? Like, what impact do I want this business to create? As opposed to just saying, well, hey, I make these widgets. Let's go sell these widgets today. That's a great point. And even if you did have that grandiose mission statement on your corporate wall, and as you walk into the main foyer, how many people really understand what it means? And how many people in your business are actually buying into it? So instead of putting this massive mission up on the wall, how are you as a CEO instilling that and distilling that down to your people? How are you making them part of the solution instead of part of the problem? Like have, what are you doing in terms of development with your team? What are you doing in terms of getting them involved in, in the mission? Like, how are you making them part of the solution? So it's great to have this mission, but if, if nobody understands it and nobody's implementing it, what, what's the point? hundred percent. hundred percent. All right, let's talk about that other group we were alluding to or talking about before, which was more be more that person who might be listening here, because I do have a lot of folks that are have entrepreneurial aspirations, but maybe still working in corporate or working for someone else. What would you say to them if they have like the the woman that you're speaking about, they have this idea, but it's just them right now. It's just what's going on in their mind. How do you get from that to something? It's an iterative, it's an iterative process, first of all. So, so recognize that it's not going to happen overnight. I think people have these delusional ideas of, of grandeur of success overnight, first of all. And so don't romanticize or sorry, don't live off the romanticization of this idea. First and foremost, don't quit your day job, flesh out what it is that you're trying to accomplish with this new idea, this great juicy offer that you, that you want to create to change the world. There's no reason why you can't do your nine to five. And then meanwhile, in the after hours or some other hours of the weekends or whatever it is, start really fleshing that out, but be very strategic and purposeful about it. So sit down and again, hire a business coach or get together with some of your best friends or your wife or your husband or whoever it is, your partners, and sit down and start sharing what it is that you think you can create and start fleshing out the steps, the services, the offerings, the model. What does this actually look like? And, and what problem, be very, very clear on what are your values around this? What is the mission around this? What's the purpose behind this? 
And what problem are you solving with this new idea? And once you have those three pillars sort of identified, the rest of it, you can start fleshing in with the logistics and the tactical aspects of it, but don't quit your day job. So once you get all that infrastructure built, if you will, start using yourself as the beta, like whatever that product is, start sharing it with other people, get people to buy in on the product, vet it out, find the kinks, find the errors, find the loopholes, find the stuff that doesn't work about whatever it is. Maybe you're a business coach and you have, you're a genius of, of, of ideas, but you don't know how to connect with people because you're not very charismatic or you piss off people over whatever, whatever it is. Like, so Use yourself as the guinea pig and test out your style on other on other people. Like test your friends out, test your family out, and get feedback from them and be open to feedback. I think so many people are so closed off to feedback. It, it, feedback is literally everything because that helps you become iterative and change and improve upon things. And then once you started vetting this out, slowly start implementing it into a market. Start putting it out there, charging small fees for your services instead of full fees, and then before you know it, you start building up confidence, you have this feedback loop going, and you can kind of start taking all the lessons that you've learned from these feedbacks and from these betas and changing them and making these iterations. And then before you know it, you can launch a real business. That's amazing. And I love the iterative process too, because I completely agree as I'm working with some of my clients on, you know, messaging or, or positioning strategy, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll go through it. We'll get to a point where it's ready for the audience, for the market and there's resistance, right? There's this like, well, it's not quite there yet. I want to rework it or I want to reevaluate. I'm like, but the market will tell you, like we can sit here and brainstorm all we want and look at the market research and look at this and that and the other thing, but you have to get it out there. Absolutely. That's what I'm hearing you say is that, yes, don't quit your day job, but test, like test, learn. You have this idea, you think it's going to bring value, but you have to get it out there to see if people actually see the value, if they're getting the value. Absolutely. And done is better than perfect every time. There is no such thing as perfect. You're never going to have the perfect product. My product is has has flaws all the time. Like every day I uncover something that I could have done a little bit better. But yeah. the point is, is to be self-aware around that and then make the necessary adjustments as needed. But done is better than perfect. Like stop sitting on this idea, man. If you've got the cure for something, start getting it out there and sharing it with people. I love that. I love that. Done is better than perfect. You heard it here first. No, <laughs> get it out there. Get it out there. All right. So last question of today, whether we're talking to the business owner or the folks out there testing those new ideas, from your experience, what are you seeing out there as kind of trends, market dynamics that we need to be aware of, that we need to prepare for, that we need to fold into the way that we're showing up, the way that we're bringing ourselves and our brands to market? That's a really broad question, but I think in as it pertains to just uh, on a sort of a micro level, let's just use social media, for example. Yeah. I think that our audiences are so smart. Consumers are so intelligent now because they have so much information at their fingertips, right? Like if I want to listen to a different podcast and I turn on your show and I was like, eh, I don't really like that. I can scroll right away within seconds to the next show. Like I can literally find whatever it is I need in a matter of seconds now. So our job as producers and creators has to be able to be very fine tuned on who our audience is and providing value to them and enabling them to be part of the experience. So everything is becoming more interactive now and 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 that's not just in social media that's everything user generated content is going to is going to explode because we have so many channels and people are so vested in sort of like seeing how other people are doing we live in this comparative world now where we're like 
I want to see how Mary's doing this or I want to, and that's great. Like learn from people, but then as you're learning, be developing your own style. And then once you've developed your own style, get your audience involved, ask for feedback, look for people to, to reshare your content, but people are looking for interactive experience and people want to be part of the solution. So how can you get your audience involved in that solution? How can you, your audience involved in that experience? I work with a candy, a chocolate maker up in Canada and, and, they're, every single post they do on social media is centered around literally pulling up the door and letting people see how they make their chocolate. So, But it's not just their chocolate. It's the fights that they have with the front office. It's run by a brother a brother and sister team. And so like they show everything, their drama, their their fights, their, their decision-making, their failures, their successes. And it's genius. And this guy, this team has grown this, this chocolate from like zero. And now they're like multi-million dollar company. And they did that because they made the decision to get their audience and their viewers involved in what their business is so that they could help shape what that business is. And then when you do that, people take ownership in that stuff. Like they want to know, Hey man, this social media, Mary just post reposted my, my, my content for me, or I, I got to go on Mary's show and like, I, I got to ask questions and she asked my questions. So there's, there's a bevy of ways to do it, but the bottom line is getting, getting people involved in the experience, because going back to that emotional connection that you make with people, when people are vested in something, when they feel like they have ownership in something, when people feel like they're heard, they're in there. They become partial and they become impartial and sort of like, I want to be part of that story because I felt heard. I felt connected, whatever it is. Does that make sense? No, it makes total sense. And I love that. I love that story. Now I want chocolate, <laughs> but that's so true is that it, they do want this interactive. They want to be part of the story. Like you just said, they, they don't want to watch the show anymore. They want to be part of the show. And I think this is what sports teams have known for a really long time which is that, you know, there are people who believe, really believe that if I don't wear this jersey while that team plays this game today, they will lose. Absolutely. It because they're part of it. And I think that's something that businesses today are just starting to realize that they can have that same kind of interaction that showing up on social isn't a billboard. It's a conversation and it's letting people into your world in a way where they feel like they're part of your world. So I think that's, and, incredible. and that's a really good point. You just made Mary. So think about yourself or anybody else. Why? I don't know if you are, are you a sports girl? Like you like sports? I like some sport. I'm getting better. My boys are, are pulling me rapidly into the world of sports. So it, 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 it's really worth an investigation into why people are willing to wear someone else's brand mm -hmm. on their back. And 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 market that for them. Like, where where are, you, where are you from? You're in California. I forget where. Are you? Uh, I live in Oregon now, but originally from Jersey. Okay, so I knew you were West Coast. So Oregon has the Oregon Ducks. Yeah, um, so Oregon Ducks and Beavers are huge, huge yeah. out there, right? Yeah. And so whether you went to that school or not, the people in that community, they're gonna they're like live or die. I'm a beaver or I'm a duck Yeah, and I'm going to wear their garments. I'm going to wear their jerseys. I'm going to wear their hats and I'm going to be like screaming yeah, bloody murder. If my team loses, it's crazy. I used to, I used to live in Tallahassee where Florida state is. And I was a bartender there for a year. And in, in, during football season, if the team won, my tips were like through the roof. Yeah. If the team lost, you would have thought that a freaking Holocaust just went through that town. Like people were literally like, downtrodden and like the team law and I, it always amazed me that you would live or die by someone else's vicariously 
organization. And I never understood that until I really started diving into branding and marketing. And you're right. It's about the story. It's about the emotional connection. It's about the sense of belonging that fans or teams create so that you feel like you're part of that experience with that team. And it's like, They've developed fantasy fantasy leagues over it. They have all these different experiential things that are going on so that they can get people in the door and get behind their their rallying cry. So it's, yeah, you're absolutely right. Sports sports marketing is a genius and how they do it. Yeah, but like your point is anyone can do that, right? I mean, this chocolate company just made the decision that I'm not just going to promote. I'm not just going to tell you, I'm going to invite you into what's going on with us to, so that you feel like part of us. So I think that that that's brilliant. So why did you just out of curiosity, how did you get from New Jersey to Oregon? I blame that's my- a, that's a huge trip. <laughs> that's a whole other show. 10 second version is I ended up marrying my high school sweetheart, but between high school and college, his family moved out to the West coast, moved their whole mm-hmm. restaurant business out West. He's fourth generation in the restaurant business. And so we didn't talk for about a decade after high school and then ended up reconnecting while he was deployed in Iraq. I was getting out of grad school. He was getting out of the army and then we reconnected, dated long distance for about a year and then ended up finally moving out. So. Wow. I love that. Cool story. High school sweethearts. That's amazing. It doesn't happen very often these days. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. It's, that's a wild. Good for you. Congratulations on that. Yeah, No, totally. I always tell him that if I had tried to find him on uh, social media, I would have filtered him out because like all the things that I used to filter for, right? Like that he would have been completely filtered out. <laughs> I always find, I, I actually photographed a couple who were, they grew up like tiny little kids in the same town. And this is a true story. And they were friends all the way up think, through high school, I think it was. And then one family moved away. And it was like 20 years later, he was in a bar so I'm trying to make sure my story is correct. He was in a bar and he was just sort of sitting at the bar drinking and uh, there was a person sitting next to him and they ended up striking up a conversation. And it turned out that he was going through a divorce with the woman that he was friends with all through elementary school up until high school. Yeah, that's how they got reconnected. It's like the, the story has a whole bunch of other pieces to it, but it was just crazy like – Completely different town, completely different time. It's just like, and how people connect is phenomenal, which is a lesson back to your, like your business and your branding. It's like, how do you make these connections with people? There's, there's always opportunities to connect with somebody. There's just, there's always an opportunity and and you just have to be willing to try different things and experiment and all the different ways that that you can market yourself. Exactly. Just putting yourself out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise, your insight, your experience with us today. Really appreciate it. Hopefully everyone had their sticky notes out and was taking notes. If not, re-listen, definitely drop some golden nuggets in here. So if people resonated with what uh, we shared today, what we were talking about, I'm sure we answered some questions, but maybe they have more questions. What is the best place for them to, to find you, connect with you? I would say just come to my Instagram channel, which is Fusion, F-U-S-I-O-N, Photog. That's probably the best way. Or you can find me on my website at FusionCreativeBranding.com. And if I can, can I plug my podcast as well? Is that is that a shameless yeah, plug, plug for away. that? Yeah. So uh, I'm in the middle of a rebranding, actually. But I have a, I've been podcasting and now we're in our fourth year. And it's now, it's called A Little Impolite, but we're rebranding. So it's called something different. But if you just Google A Little Impolite, you'll be able to find it. And just wanted to share that with you. 
Fantastic. I love it. And wherever you're watching or listening to this, we'll definitely make sure to leave those links with the the write-up that's connected to this episode. So thank you so much, Devo, for joining us today and appreciate having you as our guest expert. Thank you, Mary. I really appreciate the time. Absolutely. And for everyone else, I will see you on the next episode of Sticky Note Marketing. Cheers.